Hey, this is Scott Galloway, author, professor, entrepreneur, and most importantly, host of the Prop G podcast. We got a special series running on right now called The Future of Work, where I answer all your questions on, surprise, The Future of Work. Questions including, what are we missing when we work remotely? Or how do we handle work-life balance when a major opportunity comes knocking? From the provocative to the technical, we're offering insights you won't want to miss. So tune in to The Future of Work, a PropGPod special sponsored by Canva. You can find it on the PropGPod wherever you get your podcasts. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. When children love learning, they can tackle any challenge life throws at them. Sylvan's Insight Assessment can help you determine if your child is ready for what's ahead. It can also identify gaps in learning and point out areas that could be of concern for your child so they can tackle what's to come. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. You're listening to the Vox Media Podcast Network. Oh, yeah, boys. Mixed martial arts. Mixed martial arts. How do we like our martial arts? We like them mixed. Yes, we do. And two of the very best at mixing the martial arts will take center stage in San Diego, California, going down tomorrow. Marlon Vera versus Dominic Cruz headlines. The UFC's return to the audience outside of the apex in San Diego. And thank you for joining us as we talk all about it with all of you. I am Mike Heck. Joining me, Mr. Shaheen Alshadi. Best writer in the world. And my best friend, the Prince of Positivity, tied for the best writer in the world, Alexander K. Lee. I just want to be the best live weigh-in host. I just wanted the best live weigh-in host. That's all I want. That's all. You already I want. got that title. Okay. You already no got one, that no title one can take sure. that from me. No one can take no. that from me. Yes, you, you wear that hat very proudly, and you are the best tough recapper in the history oh. of the business. Wow. Oh. <laughs> Wow. Which one that's, means take more? It, well, take it easy. Hold that's on. Tough, that second one. That's a tough question. That second one. That second one. There's a lot of competition. Take it easy. Let's not. <laughs> let's not. I'm not ready to wear that crown yet. Come on now. Fair enough. We're burying the lead. My man, Mike Heck, is back. We've missed yes. you so much. How you feeling, my guy? Um, I'm okay. It's been a. Uh, it's been one of these, you know. Today's been more of like a. But we're hanging in there. We're getting after it. I feel like talking about fights kind of gets me to forget about how I'm actually feeling and and that's what it's all about and we're going to turn it over to you Shaheen because we got ourselves quite the main event in one of the UFC's deepest divisions the Bantamweight division Marlon Vera has just been on absolute tear this guy looks prime and ready to not only be main eventing cards but to fight for the title of course things are a little hairy right now we got Aljamain and TJ we have all these big Bantamweight fights coming up and he's going to take on a guy that many consider to be the very best in the history of this division in Dominic Cruz, who 
has looked pretty good. He's got a couple of wins, and he's also one of the biggest what-ifs in the history of the sport because what are we talking about? Is Dominic Cruz even in this fight if he didn't suffer some of those incredible injuries that he dealt with throughout his career that cost him six, seven years of his career? So here we are, the year of our Lord 2022, Shaheen Al-Shadi, Marlon Vera versus Dominic Cruz headlining this card, a potential five rounds, potential 25 minutes. This fight is fantastic, is it not? Oh, this fight rules. I love everything about this fight. This fight to me is, is such a is so emblematic of how good the bantamweight division is, right? Because this isn't even people who I would imagine we're talking about like, you know, top can top one, top two type of contenders. Like this is sort of periphery lower down the list. Cheeto, maybe not as much, but and it's still so, so damn compelling and so good. I love everything about this fight uh for a couple of reasons. One to me, the story of Marlon Vera, Cheeto Vera, over the course of the past eight years, nine years, is so compelling. The way that this guy has really transformed himself into a fan favorite and like a legitimately great fighter. Like he is a legitimately very, very talented, good fighter who is in title contention and deserves to be in title contention. And I don't think anyone would have predicted that when he first came into the UFC in, in 2014. If you, if you remember, he was on that uh, Ultimate Fighter, the first one with Latin America. And he was sort of an afterthought on that show. Like he had a very heartfelt story about, you know, wanting the surgery for his daughter and things like that. But for the most part, I don't think anybody saw Cheeto out of that coming out of that show and was like, hey, this is a guy who we're going to be talking about for the next eight years as, you know, one of the most fun guys in this division, one of the most talented guys in this division. And he has really transformed himself through hard work, through grit, through the roller coaster that is MMA, wins and losses, into someone who is just such a compelling and entertaining and, and talented figure in this division. Uh, and this is sort of his moment right like we have been waiting to see if he could sort of pass the tests that that we think he can maybe pass the rob font one was a big one uh but for a while it seemed like he would sort of get to this point and then he would stumble right it's the jose aldo loss the song yadong loss even the john lineker loss way back in the day but now he sort of feels like he's leveled up he's evolved to the point where he's ready for this stuff and whereas on the other side i mean you have dominic cruz who i think probably Bantamweight's a weird division to crown a goat, but I think if you were to crown a goat, Dominic Cruz is probably the bantamweight goat. And he is, this is sort of his last run, right? Like we have seen, you know, him come back from the first losing streak of his entire career uh, to win these past two fights. It hasn't been quite the Dominic Cruz of old in that he's just blowing people out. He has been in much more competitive, closer fights than, than he used to be. It definitely feels as though age had, and just sort of the years and the wear and tear has started to pick up on him. But he is still one of the smartest guys in the entire sport, and his fight IQ can carry him through these fights. And, and to some degree, it just his, the whole his whole approach is still works to such a fantastic degree, right? Like he's still such a unique guy in this division. Maybe not as much as he was ten years ago, where you know nobody had any clue what he was doing. But he's still so hard to figure out, and it usually takes guys a bit a round or two to sort of figure out and, and, and warm into what Dom's doing in there. So to me, I love everything about this fight. The, the crossroads of it, what it could mean for Cheeto, what it could mean for Cruz. Is this sort of the last title run that Cruz has in him, and is this sort of the first title run that Cheeto has in him? I think all of it is so compelling and it again it speaks to just how ridiculously good this 135 pound division is because it's so good it is is i still maintain lightweight's best division in the sport but bantamweight's an easy second for me and i can't wait for this ak bantamweights am i right am i right 
they're the best. They're the best. No, I mean, light, lightweight is still great too. I've definitely like tilted probably more towards uh, favoring the 135 pound division, but probably just because because it's there's just a lot of fresher faces there and the way people are coming up. So um, yeah, I mean, you can't lose either way. If you had to choose, like, oh, I can only keep one division. I mean, you're you're, you're happy watching bantamweights for the next five years. You're happy watching lightweights for the next five years. But this main event itself is it, it's it's as good as you can get. I think for sort of this random. Um, not random. I mean, this this return to San Diego, um, you know, UFC getting back on the road again this year. Um, San Diego is a place they wanted to return to. Uh, I don't know. There's some talk of maybe ticket sales aren't quite uh, tickets aren't quite flying off the uh, you know out of the box as much as they would like it to. But like I said, I as far as main events go, I don't think you could have done much better. I think we forget that, um, and and Shaheen kind of alluded to this, like how unique Dominic Cruz once was like his style anyway, before a lot of people kind of picked it up and took pieces of it and added to their own, but he, no one does it quite like him still, you know, no one that he is a true original, uh, who is of course closer to the end of his career than he is at the beginning. He's 36. He'll be 37 next month. He's been fighting since 2005. So we are, we are seeing the end, even though when you watch him fight, you know, you still see that movement. You still see that trademark movement, that accuracy, that that uh, that approach that again others others can't quite do. And it's going to be really sad, I think, when I, I don't think this is the last fight for him. But whenever he does retire, whether it's this year, or next year, or the year after that, but probably within you know sometime within the next three four years, it's going to be sad when we see him go. Um, so I think we really have to cherish these appearances as they come. Um, he's on a two fight win streak. This isn't just him being fed to you know some up and coming contender. It's I think it's a very competitive fight on paper. Um, uh, we'll give our picks in a second, of course, but I do like the style matchup. I do think like you do get this element of that, that evasive, you know, tactical cruise versus, I mean, Mon Vera, a very skilled fighter for sure, but a guy who's viewed a little bit more as like a hammer, you know, he's a guy who's like, he's going to go in there and at some point is not going to care about taking shots. He's going to want to just land some bombs and, uh, and, and see if you can see if you can hang with him. So we've seen Cruz get touched up. A little more these days than he did in his prime when uh, when his uh, his side to side lateral movement everything that head movement was just you know no nobody nobody could figure it out um, so I love the matchup on paper and uh, I, I I'm really really looking forward uh, to this main event again we can talk about the rest of the card in a bit but just focusing on like the most positive aspect of it top class main event very very excited for it I love the fight I feel like Dominic Cruz Sean is just not getting enough credit heading into this one like just so many people i feel like this is the marlon vera show it's just they just need to get in the cage and when it's over marlon vera is going to be moving on to bigger and better things and dominic cruz is just going to be the guy that he beats to get there i feel like cruz is not getting enough love here shaheen i don't know if, if you've noticed that at all throughout the build to this fight at all but at least that's what i've been seeing that's what i've been hearing from the peeps on heck of a morning have you noticed that yourself See, that's an interesting way to frame this in my mind because it does feel like it should be the, the Cheeto show to, for for the most part, at least in the lead up, right? Because if you look at the two men, sort of what they've done over the last year or two, Marlon Vera has been the more impressive fighter between the two over the past couple of years. He's probably been the fighter, not, not probably, he is the fighter on the rise between the two. He's the fighter who feels like he is the best ahead of him, whereas the best is behind 
behind Dominic Cruz. That being said, I mean, I think it's certainly silly for anyone to ever count out Dominic Cruz, right? Like we can go back just even to his one of his many comebacks when he came back against TJ Dillashaw and TJ Dillashaw was being pronounced as, you know, this next big thing at 135 and Dominic Cruz came in from like four or five years off the couch and just beat TJ Dillashaw in one of the more incredible performances we have ever seen in the history of the sport. Like Dominic Cruz is just not a guy you can ever count out. So I can certainly see where you're coming from that regard. But I will say, I mean, it does feel like this is set up for Cheeto Vera in the same way that last week was set up for Tiago or for Jamal Hill to do what he did on Tiago Santos. The UFC loves these type of matchups. And this is again, sort of one of those things that feels like it's going to be the propeller for Cheeto, uh, Cheeto Vera to, to sort of get to that title contention. But yeah, I mean, Dominic Cruz is Dominic Cruz still like he doesn't have the damage on him. He doesn't have, you know, he hasn't been in so many wars largely because he's been out of the cage for so long throughout different points of his career. Like, I will never count out Dominic Cruz. And if Dominic Cruz comes in here and ekes out a decision, I wouldn't be surprised if he comes out in here and just styles and really just puts on a, a, a legendary performance. I wouldn't be surprised either. It's Dominic freaking Cruz. Like, again, one of the smartest guys we have in this game. It's a good day to die. Isn't that what he said? It's a good his day to die, show? my friend. Man, I got goosebumps what a listening line. to that AK. What a line. It was beautiful. Set up perfectly by Cheeto and Dominic Cruz, like, barely blinked didn't raise his voice past like the smallest decibel point it was just amazing and then he drops that line and i would have loved to have seen cheeto Vera's face like side by side because cheeto is probably <laughs> like yeah it is you know it is buddy but have you wh how, what have you noticed the public's perception on this fight ak do you feel like most people are just kind of thinking that this is the the Cheeto Vera show. It's just a matter of time. He just needs to go in there and fight. And then he's going to go on to something else, which we'll talk about in a minute. But do you feel like Dominic Cruz is just, I don't know if overlooks the word, but just not getting enough credit, so to speak. Do, do you know what I'm saying? By the way, in, in fairness to the line delivery, I don't know if I've ever heard Dominic Cruz raise his voice above like a certain level. He he He's pretty calm. Even when he's doing commentary, like he's not going to go to that Joe Rogan. Like and that's, to, and that's why some people like him. Some people hate him, but He's pretty like steady and monotonous, regardless of, of what he's talking about. So, um, but I, yeah, I kind of want to play off of what Sheen was saying, not just not just discrediting, you know, necessarily how good Cruz still is, but also what this mean would mean would uh, what this win would mean. Excuse me for uh, Marlon Cheeto Vera, because it isn't just about Cheeto having to show up. He he has to be. Like, he has to put on one of his best performances. Like, I, I get it. He gets better and better all the time. I need to see him take it to another level to beat Dominic Cruz because there is a level. I mean, it means something if you beat him. He's 24 and 3. He's lost to three men in his career, guys. This is We kind of talk about, like, I mentioned him being older and close to the end of his career. It's not like, and, and getting hit more. Fine, that happens. The results have still been good for him. Uh, he beat Pedro Munoz. He beat Casey Kenny, which really could have been a unanimous decision. Uh, it was a split; could have been unanimous. Um, mo most uh, media members seem to agree it was a pretty, pretty clear Cruz win. Um, his own, his first loss, Uriah Faber. He avenged it twice, so you can kind of whatever take that one for what it is. But he proved he's the better fighter than Faber. Cody Garbrandt, maybe the you know probably the best version of Cody Garbrandt we we saw, the best version we've seen since. Uh, and then Henry Cejudo. So he's lost the three guys: Henry Cejudo, a two division UFC champion. Does Chito Vera? fit in that equation because those are those are three incredible names to put himself next to if he's able to beat Cruz whether it's by a, a first round knockout narrow split decision however he does it if he gets an official W over Dominic Cruz again he joins Uriah Faber Cody Garbrandt Henry Cejudo 
three guys who were uh, well, two UFC champions, one WEC champion. Essentially, would have been you know the equivalent of the UFC champion at the time. Three world champions. That's where Cheeto wants to be. That's where he has wanted to be for so long. He's been calling out big names for years, trying to get in position where he can be a world champion. Now, beating Dominic Cruz does not make him a world champion. I understand that, but even even this version of Cruz getting a W over him. An enormous achievement, and I don't want that to be downplayed. I want Dominic Cruz to get his credit for sure for still being a competitive fighter. But if uh, Marlon Vera gets that win, I hope he'll say, "Oh, he beat a wash past his prime. He beat a washed uh, Dominic Cruz." Because I don't think that's the case at all. Uh, again, he would just be the fourth guy with Uriah Faber, Cody Garbrandt, and Henry Cejudo. So there is a ton on the line for for uh, Chito Vera here. Let me also add outside real of quick. Oh, God. Um, because I've actually like really enjoyed the lead up to this in the way that these guys dynamics have sort of played off of each other because Cheeto is this guy who's just so hyper focused, right? Hyper intense, almost like mean to the point of just like, you don't know why he's being so mean to you, but it's just obvious like, dude, I'm just not, I take this very seriously and you're not my friend, that type of, that type of approach. And that is such a fun approach when contrasted with sort of Dominic's like analytic, like just, you know, the way that he sort of just sees the game very detached and cold and like just numbers and, and sort of a fight IQ and all that. The the way that's played off of each other of just this whole thing of like Dominic being like, I'm not sure why he's so mad at me. And Cheeto just being like, I'm not mad at you. I'm just not your friend. And the whole like dynamic between them has been so enjoyable. Like it's such a it's such a fun dynamic. Cheeto has got to be like on a top three list of the single most intimidating just fighters under like 45 pounds right like if you just saw that dude on the street and had no idea who he was he 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 would be terrifying even though he's just not a a large human like he is just so stone cold with his approach to everything like i love it i absolutely love it yeah there there are certain fighters who if you saw them you're just like that guy's a fighter and marlon checks off all those boxes like no matter how far away he might be you look at him and you're like this guy probably gets in a cage and punches people in the face and gets paid a lot of money to do so so sean not it seems like a simple question but this is not a simple question considering what's going on at 135 right now what is at stake here what is at stake for these two guys because we got the title fight coming up Next week, we got Jose Aldo versus Marab Dewalish Willie. On the same card as the title fight, we got Piotr Jan versus Sean O'Malley, not to mention some of the other up-and-coming fights that'll be on the books by the time October rolls around 135 pounds. Like, what is at stake here? What, the winner goes to the spoils. What are the spoils in your, in your eyes? That's an interesting question, and I think that's one, one aspect of why this division is so compelling right now, because it feels... At least it feels like this could go a lot of different ways with these mashups, right? Because I think first off, we just have to acknowledge and probably accept that if Sean O'Malley beats Peter Yan, regardless of how he beats him, Sean's probably going to fight for the title. And that's probably the right call because Peter Yan, I think all of us agree, was is the number two guy in the world. Like he's easily, you know, if, if there's a 1A Aljo, like he's the 1B to that. That's fine. If Sean wins, he fights for the title. Otherwise, I think it's all up for grabs. If Peter wins, if if you... You know, Jose wins, Marab, uh, Cheeto, whoever wins, I think maybe the most impressively and then can make the most compelling case for being that next guy after the Aljo Dillashaw, you know, after they figure it out. I think it's wide open for anybody, for anybody right now in this 135, that little mix we're talking about to come in here, have a spectacular performance, get on the mic and really state their case and make the fans sort of repel them into that spot. It feels like it could be any number of these guys. And that to me is very, very exciting and very compelling and interesting when we're going into a setup like this, where we're about to get a bunch of these matchups back and forth. What do you think, AK? 
Yeah, I love it. It's exciting. I do feel a bit for the fighters. This is one of those cases where you wish the UFC had a more kind of clear um, title picture. But listen, it, it doesn't benefit them to ever establish anything like that because they want to have options. So yeah, they want to have, hey, maybe it's Sean O'Malley. Uh, maybe we can set up uh, the Jan Sterling trilogy. Maybe it's Murad Valjvili. Maybe it's Jose Aldo. Um, I get it. It's, 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 it's great to have options. Uh, what this means for Saturday's main events, again, there, there is... I feel like both guys, even with Cruz's name, even if uh, Chito Vera has a big finish, I feel like there's still one fight away. I mean, it's good to get on that shortlist. I mean, if you're Chito Vera, like I said, you get a big finish of um, Donald Cruz or even a convincing decision win. That has to put you right in there. And they're like, okay, you're not our next choice. But if like if like Shaheen said, let's say Sean O'Malley is, is, wins, but then he suffers an injury or something. Like, he gets hurt a lot. Let's say he wins and then just needs more time off to recover. Hey, look, Chido Vera's there. Let's say um, Jose Aldo beats Murad Devalashvili or vice versa. Again, one of those guys can't continue. Okay, they're ahead of Chido Vera in, in the pecking order, but Chido Vera's there. So not only, as I said before, is this so huge for Chido Vera's legacy to, to join the list of names that have beaten Dominic Cruz, it puts him on that short list. And he's done more than enough. It's not just this win. It's, it's his whole body of work. He's, he's got some of the most finishes ever in the division. He's an exciting fighter. He's a company man. This man has has uh, jumped in front of uh, uh, bullets aimed at Dana White many, many times. He loves Dana White. He loves the UFC. Uh, he, is, he is a company man through and through and through. Uh, so, again, it, it sounds weird. I wish I could say that like a, a big win, convincing win on Saturday makes him the front runner. But as Shaheen said, Sean O'Malley, probably above all else right now. And then you have more, more veteran names ahead of him. But again, just getting on that list, just being an option uh, is huge because he'll fight anytime. You call him up, you call uh, Cheeto Vera up for a short notice title fight. Man, I think he wouldn't have it any other way. I think he'd be like, yeah, you need me to, you need me to be the guy. 10 days notice, I'm ready. I'm on weight. Give me my shot. Um, it might not be what's best for him, uh, but he would definitely do it. And he would definitely be an option if he can get that win on Saturday. Time to make some picks. As of right now, according to our friends at DraftKings, Shaheen Alshadi, Marlon Vera, minus 240 favorite. Comeback on oh, Dominic wow. Cruz, plus, plus 200. You don't see that very often. So who gets it done and how does he get it done? Let me ask if you still have those odds up. Is that the biggest underdog Dom's been since, what, Cejudo probably? I have to look this up. Uh... You answer, and I will come back with an answer. Probably Cejudo. Sure, you're probably right. right. That's a that's a surprising line. I mean, Cheeto almost a three to one favorite. That I mean, I I ultimately will side with Cheeto, so maybe that's the right kind of line. It does feel like this is again the same sort of dynamic that we had to, last week, maybe to a lesser extent, because I, I think Dom probably has more left in him than, than Tiago Santos. But this does feel like this is is Marlon on the rise, Cheeto on the rise, and Dominic on sort of the decline, and and we're seeing it just sort of meet at the perfect time for Cheeto, and maybe the wrong time for Dom. I think ten years ago or even five years ago, Dom wins this fight, but right now. If the fight we're having on Saturday, I, I believe it's going to be Cheeto. I think it's going to be relatively impressive where uh, I don't know that he'll finish him, but I think it'll be maybe like a 46, uh, I'm sorry, a 49, 46, or at least a, a fairly, you can't, there is such a thing as a dominant 48, 47, where he wins the rounds that he wins more dominantly. I could see something like that as well, but I do think Cheeto by decision is, is the way this is going to go. He was a plus seventy, plus one seventy five dog against Cejudo. So he's actually a bigger underdog in this fight than he was in the Cejudo fight. Uh, AK, oh, do you agree? Do you agree? Cheeto Vera gets it done, or can Dominic Cruz pull off the upset? I'm, I, I really want to pick Cruz, but I'm, I'm with Cheeto on this one. Uh, damage, damage, 
damage. Listen, Cheeto more than any, maybe more than anyone at bantamweight just knows how to score those big hits when he needs a man. And we saw it in the Rob Font fight. You know, we said one of, one of the best examples um, of how modern scoring should be interpreted. Uh, if you look at the stats, it's like, oh, Rob Font outscored him and outstruck, out, out significant struck him in this round, in this round, in this round. But anyone who watched the fight said, well, Rob um, Cheeto Vera, he landed the bigger shots. He landed the biggest shots of the fight. Cheeto Vera, the clear winner. There's no dispute. So you could see something like that here. You could see like, oh, uh, Dominic Cruz had a five, you know, five or six significant strike advantage in round two. And then, and, and you know, this could be like on the on-screen stats. I can see them talking about the on-screen stats. Like these rounds are pretty close. But, you know, Cheeto will either, you know, will get a, maybe a knockdown in here or, or a flurry against like against a fence that doesn't score a knockdown, but clearly visible has you know Cruz um kind of rocked or retreating so this is a fight I think people are gonna have to pay close attention to and again not just read a recap not just look at the stats after um I don't think it'll play out exactly like the Rob Font fight but it is um, Cheeto's ability to kind of land at this stage in their careers to land the bigger punches to do the damage um that I think is going to make the difference and I don't think there's going to be much controversy about it either I think I think we'll be like wow Cruz you know Cruz still in there still a competitive fighter but um, Cheeto's just a man, a man on the way up and a guy who I think deserves to be talked about among the five or six best, you know, 135ers in the world right now. I definitely think that there's value on Cruz from a betting perspective at plus 200 because to me, if he could just, and this sounds just so simple, like you break down, you could break down literally any fight in this exact same way, but I feel it means a lot here. If Dominic Cruz can just not get knocked out, he's got a chance to win. Like it sounds so easy to sure. say, but <laughs> yeah. I mean it's but but for this fight in particular, like they're I think things are gonna be very even between these guys on the feet. Like I think they're gonna have very similar volume. I think they're gonna land just as much as one another. But Vera, like AK, you, you've talked about before, and there's there was such a difference in the Rob Fawn fight. He just needs that one shot to to change everything. Like you could hit him 175 times in a round. But he just needs to punch you in the face once. And if he gets you good and he drops you, he still wins the round, even though you outstruck him by like 100. It doesn't really matter. That's just who Marlon Vera is. He's such a such a gangster. And I'm curious to see how quick of a start Cruz can get off to and for how long. Because we know as this fight extends out, that's when Vera starts to get real good. And he started off pretty hot in the Rob Fawn fight. Like he, It was a slower start in the round. But as the round progressed, he lands the big shots was able to finish the rounds in big ways to to just get ahead and sort of work his way to a win. So I will lean I will lean towards Vera to get a decision because in my eyes for Cruz to win, he needs to be near perfect. Vera does not have to if that makes any sense. So Vera could just be Vera and just fight. He could turn this ugly, he could turn this into some sort of a mid-range Age kickboxing match. He'd turn into a wrestling match if he wants to. He could do a number of different things. He can make this real ugly and still win. Dominic Cruz, I don't think, can do that and win. So I think Vera just has a little bit more of an advantage in that sense where he could take this in a number of different directions while Cruz really can't. But Cruz, there is definitely value there from a betting perspective. If I'm betting, I'd probably bet on Dominic Cruz, but give me Marlon Vera to, to eke out a close decision. I think he gets it done. A 48-47. I think it's one of those things where Cruz wins the first round, might even win the second, but then Vera takes over down the stretch. And by the time it's over, I think he has all the momentum and then he wins the fight. And then we'll see how the rest of this crazy division shapes out. So great main event. Should be a lot of fun. 
Hey, this is Scott Galloway, author, professor, entrepreneur, and most importantly, host of the Prop G podcast. We got a special series running on right now called The Future of Work, where I answer all your questions on, surprise, The Future of Work. Questions including, what are we missing when we work remotely? Or how do we handle work-life balance when a major opportunity comes knocking? From the provocative to the technical, we're offering insights you won't want to miss. So tune in to the future of work, a Pod special sponsored by Canva. You can find it on the Pod wherever you get your podcasts. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent... You want your child to have every opportunity, but giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's Insight Assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. David O'Nominate Landwehr is the co-main event, and then we get the Battle of the Yasmins in the featured bout, which should be a lot of fun. Yasmin Yergui and Yasmin Lucindo both making their debuts. Both are big finishers. Yergui in particular is a lot of fun she doesn't like to to fight for very long she likes to end to end things real quick especially uh in the first round Devin clark is back against azamat Mirzakhanov, ariani lipsky priscilla cachuera that fight was supposed to happen last weekend it's going to happen this weekend on the main card gerald mirshar our old friend is back taking on bruno silva that is the main card opener we got some fun fights in the prelims so sean what is your what is your Jeff Neal Vicente Luque fight on this card? Because we know the main event's great, but what's what's sort of that number two fight, at least in your eyes, on your personal card? Yeah, this is a uh, it's a it's a strange card this this week. I mean, it's not the best card if we're being honest, but it also it does feel like it's filled with fights that could be very action packed. So it might just end up being a very entertaining card, some, somewhat similar to last week. Uh, regardless of whether people know the names that are fighting or not. So for me, I mean, you look up and down that card, there was one fight in particular that stands out to me. You sort of alluded to it at the end. That's Bruno Silva and Gerald Mearshart. To me, I've actually, I, I've been high on Bruno Silva this whole time. I, I, I have not abandoned the train. I still have my, my, you know, property on on bruno silva island right now the alex Pereira loss did not scare me away he he pushed alex Pereira to a decision and ultimately it seems like that's a difficult thing for guys to do in the ufc so i i enjoyed that fight he was on a real tear before that he had you know knockouts in really his first three ufc fights he was looking like one of the best you know breakout fighters of 2021 running stumbled against alex Pereira, but i i love this matchup i think this is a really nice rebound for him and also just gerald mirstard is always fun like Gerald Mearshart's never in a boring fight ever. Dude's like the submission king of, of that division, low key. No one really like ever realizes that how how good of a finisher he is. He is a true get or get got fighter, and I think regardless of how that goes down, that's going to be just a really fun fight with a really interesting finish, no matter what. So I, I have my eyes squarely on that one. 
That's a great pick right there. AK, what's yours? I am so torn by the penultimate fight of the card, which I want to call it a co-main event. I mean, clearly it does no, not it does not, not pass the co- the qualifications of a co-main event. Uh, neither guy <laughs> is like a former champion. Neither guy is near a top 15 ranking. Uh, they're not, neither of them is like a veteran. But in terms of like entertainment value, Nate Landwer versus David Onama is sick as hell. Nate Landwer, it's a cliche. I know we see this for a lot, a lot of fighters. Nate Landwehr is never in a boring fight. It's often to his detriment, uh, two, of, <laughs> two of his UFC fights have ended in highlight reel knockouts uh, of him. But his other fights, Darren Elkins, uh, and by the and again, both those fights, uh, both those knockouts, very memorable. Um, his win over Darren Elkins was awesome. Uh, that fight was just super bloody and super fun. And uh, the fight with Ludovic Klein, we got to see uh, the first submission of his career. We got to see uh, uh, Abu Dhabi Combat Club, Nate Landwehr, which was super exciting. And then before that, M1 Challenge, he was just having wars pretty much every freaking time he was out there. So I, I, I know it's not really a quote-unquote co-main event. It doesn't pass the test. But boy, that's a great fight to have, like, second last. I'm glad they put it second last. I'm glad it got put back together because it, it was um, targeted for another card. It kind of fell through, and they said, hey, wait a minute. Someone said, this is a great matchup. We, can't let, we cannot let this matchup die. So I don't know if Onama, again, continues his really impressive run at 145 and just like puts Nate Landwehr away in the first two minutes, very possible. Or if Nate Landwehr can drag him into a war, like a, a classic Nate Landwehr, Nate Landwehr war. That was tough. Uh, <laughs> if that can happen, <laughs> honest, honestly, if, he, if Nate Landwehr can get out of the first round, we're talking like, I'm probably hyping this up too much, but I don't care. We're talking like fight of the year candidate. Like I love, okay. I love this matchup so much. Wow. Nate Land- All right. Nate Landwehr, Nate, Landwehr down, does not, Nate Landwehr does not get enough credit. He's had a lot of fights fall through. If he had had like seven or, five, or eight fights in the UFC, we would be talking about him as more people would talk about him as one of the most exciting guys in the UFC, like always delivers. He's just not in a boring fight. It, it, it doesn't happen. But he's, again, he's had a lot of fights fall through. He's only had four fights since, uh, since he debuted, like, I think three years ago, two or three years ago. So, again, he hasn't been as, as active as we need him to be. But I hope this man could put together a, a, a run of fights, make a lot of money. Big Nate Landwehr fan. Um, even if this means a 45-second knockout at the hands of, uh, of David Onama, um, I'm really looking forward to the uh, second last fight on the card. We don't we don't take our nicknames for granted here. When we say Prince of Positivity, as you can hear, that's a great he is fight. Prince of Positivity. That's a great fight. A you fight. don't need to be that positive for that. That's a great fight. There's a few that I'm looking at. I mean, Ode Osborne, Tyson Nam is just going to be a freaking banger. Those two are going to beat the hell out of each other, and it's just going to be a lot of fun to watch. I'm very interested in Nina Nunez, Cynthia Calvillo, because both women need a win very, very badly. Calvillo got beat up real bad in her last fight, so we'll see how she's able to bounce back. But there's no way Angela Hill, Lupe Godinez is not going to be just a ton of fun. So that's the one I'm going to go with. That's going to be my answer leading into the main card. But... It's probably going to go to a split decision, and it's one that Lupe Godinez is probably going to win, even though a lot of people think Angela Hill might have won, and Angela's going to be on the wrong end of a split decision because that's just the story of her career over these last couple of years. So, But that fight should be fun regardless of who you bet on or who you're rooting for, et cetera, et cetera. So, uh, and what I really like about this card is that the prelims start at 4 p.m. Eastern, and the main card's at 7 p.m. Eastern. So I'll take that for a fight night every single time but with that being said let's go to the peeps take a few questions before we head on out of here hello casey hi 
Hey guys, how's everyone? Love that shirt, Casey. Excellent shirt. Fight you know the power, power, baby. Do, do you know they're, they're originally band. they were a polka band? Yeah, great polka, yeah. polka yeah. yeah, great polka band. <laughs> By the time I get to Arizona, <laughs> one of the greatest beats of all time. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh greetings from Spain. Ooh. Oh, hey. oh no. Hola. Hey. Hola. Hola. Oh, is that, is that, we're off oh, to a man, wait. Oh no, everything. Oh, there we go. <laughs> uh, I think it's still messy. Ah, jeez. Yeah. Ah, get, right. this, get this Shaheen off of me. Okay. Get the uh, Shaheen up, frame. Up. Oh, there we go. Oh, oh. Me. There we go. Hey. 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 All, All right. Lock. All right. There's, there's a lock button on here for a reason. All right. There we go. <laughs> Lock it in. Lock that in. All right. What questions we got here? Uh, Joseph Bozo, will Dominic get the home cooking from the judges, Shaheen? Are you concerned about that at all? No, and I'm actually really interested to see the crowd reaction for this because obviously it's in San Diego. That's sort of Dominic Cruz's hometown base. But like people love Cheeto Vera, man. Cheeto's like just, I, I, Cheeto might be the fan favorite here. Like, dude, people just <laughs> love that dude so much, and I get it. He's he's very entertaining, very compelling. But like Cheeto I'm, just trains down the, the street. It's not it's not a hometown fight. I mean, San Diego is only a two hour drive. You know, it's like well, I, Dom's like rep San Diego forever. I, you know, yeah, he's like but, sort of that guy. But I, 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 everyone coming from Orange County where Cheeto trains out of, that's only it's not that far. I mean, I, I, I really, I think honestly, I think Cheeto is going to get a bigger pop. I think you might be right. Ooh, I think you totally yeah. might be right. And it's not, it's not like an anti-Dom crowd. I think, I think it's just Cheeto's red hot right now as far as everything. Like you saw, you've, you've seen the numbers, the analytics. Everything Cheeto says, like it's he's popping, like he's a he's like a pay per view star, you know. On yeah. a, Even his media day video, yeah, that's what us, I mean. Yeah, like blew crazy. up, like yeah. people love Cheeto right now, so um, for good reason. Yeah, I just I saw, I thought it was interesting we talk about because we didn't really talk about the fact that it's in San Diego. Does that benefit Dominic at all? Um, no. Yeah, I don't, I don't think so. No, me neither. Yeah. Casey, I don't know if you can pull this up. Eric Wolf is asking, uh, will they answer questions from here? Uh, no. 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 <laughs> no. No. Good night. Next everybody. one. Next one. Uh, <laughs> next, next one. No. Big, no, no, yeah, no. 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 Next no. one. No. Next, no. Yeah. <laughs> JK, Eric Wolf, we love you. <laughs> yes. Yes. Ask, ask a question, Eric. I think we had covered this. But Title shot chance. on the line in the main event. Any chance? I think there's totally a chance. There's totally a chance. Yeah. If Cheeto Vera goes out there and knocks out Dominic Cruz in 25 seconds, like Cheeto Vera is going to get that title shot. That's it. Any chance mm. for Dom? Dom's up a three no. fight, one streak. He's a big underdog. So. And he, say he demolishes just. I think, I think 50, 50 46s, Bear. I think he, he would be then one fight away and probably fight the winner of like a Aldo Marab or like something like that. What, what if TJ, what if what, TJ what? beats Aljo? Then there's that kind of that rematch intrigue, I guess. I, I think I think there's a good chance. Not a good chance, but if it's a dominant win by Vera, I'm sorry, dominant win by Cruz. I'm not expecting a dominant win, but if we get one, I don't know. I think I think I think a lot of tones would change. I don't know. I, I say no. no my an- yes or no, my answer like if I had to pick yes or no, my answer to this question, I no. So no for Cruz, yes for Vera though. No for either. I don't think either no guy. Either. I think there's like, a small it, chance for Vera. Yeah. Small chance for her. Yeah. If if the if the way all the, the rest of the division sort of plays out right for him. So say Jan beats O'Malley handily. 
And then like oh, Jose and Marab is like a pretty boring fight. I could see Vera sort of being that guy. All right. A lot, listen, a lot, listen, a lot, if, lot of options. If, if Jose Aldo wins next week and his next fight is not for the title, I'm going to damage Command Point out here because that's just unfair. That guy deserves it. He deserves the freaking title fight now. Not, and if he beats are you Mirab, gonna preach the into the choir, Mike? Heck, oh. the, guy nobody, the guy nobody wants to fight, if he goes out there and beats Marab and doesn't get a title fight off of that, I will be flabbergasted. Flabbergasted. Mike, no. Are, are you, you going to start the choir? I will fly you, out there and help you damage Command Center 2.0. No, As you know, no one is afraid to change Command Centers more than I am. I've changed Command Centers like 17 times since I've joined MMA fighting. Right. I ain't afraid to change it up again. So, Jose Aldo, if you win Command Center, I hopefully it stays in place. Hopefully all is right in the world and you get the title shot, no matter what happens in any of these other fights. But... He should have gotten it already. Uh, we don't need to do it. But he should have already gotten it. Hundred percent. The TJ fight is silly, but whatever. Yeah, yeah. Over the yeah, I, yeah. I would say very small percentage for either guy, but Vera probably has more of a chance than Cruz. Okay, interesting. I just love this bantamweight division. It can go so it's many so ways. Good. It's it. so good right it's now. It's fun. Um. <clears throat> do you guys see Dom as a champ once again? Be a hell of a story, Sean. I just don't know if it. It's a long it's, road. It's so man. hard right now with this division. We're just talking about how good this division is. Like this is not heavyweight where you can sort of be on the decline, and and you know, or light heavyweight where you can be Glover Teixeira and have like a magical, and even like middleweight with Michael Bisping. Like the lighter weight classes, this stuff does not happen. Like I think Dominic Cruz would by far be the oldest champion of a lighter weight class if he was able to do something like that. Like How it's is just Aldo? A, I'm sorry. It's a How young man's game. I think Aldo's what, like 34, 36? Aldo's actually a little younger. He just he yeah. just feels like he's older because we've seen him fight so many times. I think. Yeah. Like this just does not happen in the lighter weight classes, this type of stuff. Nope. All right. We'll see. Uh, what a story. <clears throat> would be incredible. I mean, it might it he, might have surpass Bisbing as like the most unlikely title run right with all the injuries if you count just yeah. the yeah in, not not necessarily in cage losses but it's more of his injuries just all of it yeah 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 um yeah oh man I, I, it's for another conversation man but at some point i i just hope we see cruz versus auto i kind of want to see that yes yes it, it, please it, the, the stars haven't lined up right it's, but i just hope we see it before these guys are on the too far in the back end of their career but, but that finally shuts the door into the wec right you know cowboy just retired and then and then you have to have that fight you really put that that final you know we're how never w- shutting the door on the WEC. yeah, yeah. Ever. at it's some point you have to guys yeah. at some point how many wc to. guys are still left in the ufc it's got to be single digits right dumb like, I, don't, I can't be more than nine poirier we, we can't do this on air. No, no, like, yeah, just, yeah, just we yeah, count we'll uh, Clay, Clay Guida. Clay Guida, does he count? Yeah, maybe. Sure. All right, all right, all right, all right. Uh, uh, questions. Um, no, guys, we're sticking to this card. Pan Q and A tomorrow. We can talk about John Jones. <laughs> no, <I didn't> <laughs> no, no, we're John just getting Jones questions. On this card. <laughs> yeah, no, we're just getting like random questions. Like, what's up with Colby? And like, oh. No, Thank you, and I listen to Heck um, of the Morning. Yeah. And you'll find yeah. out. What's up with Colby. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So many, so many Colby questions today. Uh, yeah. So many John Jones questions. Well, people are saying this welterweight division where nobody's doing anything and everybody's squatting on their rankings. It's so silly. It's absolutely uh, this, insane. This is more of a comment. Don't necessarily agree with it, but you know, it's Mr. Boza. 
Of course ticket sales are lousy. On paper, mm. ESP, UFC and ESPN 41 stinks. I mean, come on, it's David Onama versus Nate Landwehr, a quality-worthy main event. You're saying co-main event. And just by the way, this was supposed to be in Boston. This is supposed to be a Boston card. Oh. Mm. True story. Um, and I will say, just because the Boston fight fans don't mess around, there would be no lousy ticket sales. Just throwing that out there because we don't mess around. But... Yeah, how bad are they? Like, how bad are ticket sales for this one? I'm surprised. It has nothing to do with the card. There's a reason the UFC doesn't go to San Diego very often. There's a reason they don't send pay-per-views there. It's just San Diego's just not a hotbed as far as buying tickets. They have a lot of regional cards there. I mean, you'll see a lot of good AMI cards, Pro-Am cards down there. But, um, yeah, traditionally, just uh, UFC, like like San Diego and, like, say, Miami. Like, like, UFC doesn't go to Miami. Why not? Just, it's not, it's not... The fan base is there, but they just, I don't know. People just don't want to. There's other stuff to do, Miami. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, there's other stuff to do in San Diego, I guess. Um, Yeah, so that's, you just, that's why you just don't see big events down there. Not sure why. Yeah. Just be, they don't, just don't buy tickets. Yeah, there's a, there's a lot of blue on that map. An awful lot of blue on that map. And that's not a good thing. Oh, unlike the, the seat chart? Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is yeah. uh this is Jake Paul Rockman Jr. esque on the oh. uh, on the old oh, card there. Oh wow, Too wow, soon. Yeah, Jake Paul. Too, Too soon. soon. Oh man. R.I.P. Uh, nobody remembers how poorly Vera fought against Aldo. Where is this coming from? Why is everyone saying he's a Terminator? Look, man, if we're going to rate poorly. everybody on how they no. fight against Jose Aldo, <laughs> this is just yeah, not a like, thing anymore. I, I, Jose Aldo. I, I, I put this out there just to make you guys go crazy. No, hold on. No, no, I saw this, I saw this <laughs> pop up earlier. Wait, people judge fighters. Gene, let me, please, breathe, breathe, breathe. Let me take this. Take a moment to gather your thoughts. I, I saw this question earlier, so I was prepared. I saw this question. I was prepared. Uh, first of all, I don't recall him fighting necessarily poorly. I remember Aldo fighting really well. Like, that's how I view that fight. Like, that is – I don't know if you want to say Vera wasn't at his best, but I think that takes away from how good Aldo fought in that fight to just say, oh, Vera fought poorly. Like, that's why Aldo won. No, Aldo was friggin' amazing. Maybe it's a good stylistic matchup too. That that for sure I'll concede. You know, very good stylistic matchup for um, Josie Aldo. That's fine. But um, I, I don't think there was anything necessarily – bad about what uh how cheeto fought that night uh, aldo is still again one of the best 135ers in the world one of the best strikers we've ever seen ever seen pound for pound in any weight class so uh losing to him there's no shame in that and it doesn't say anything about like oh because he lost to jose aldo that means he can't beat he can't beat a, a dominic cruz it's apples and oranges it's, it's a uh, cheeto at different stages of his career so um we're not saying he's a terminator if anything most of we've said he's probably not gonna run through dominic cruz um, but we just like his chances at this stage of uh, where he's at in his career, where Dominic Cruz at his career, to, to win a decision. So maybe, maybe there's some other people out in the comments saying like he's going to like knock Cruz out in 30 seconds. That I think is maybe a bit much. But um, but yeah, the, the, the Aldo fight for me does not relate to this one at all. Jose Aldo is a top five fighter of all time, and the disrespect is outrageous. <laughs> Also, I, I, we're no, we don't need to do a Jose Aldo episode because that's basically what it's turned into. <laughs> but like, I feel like people sleep on how absurdly impressive it is that Jose Aldo's doing this at 135. Like, whatever this is that he's doing at 135 makes no actual sense if you followed this guy for most of his career when he could barely make 145, and now all of a sudden he's like a legitimate world title to contender at 135. Like, that goes way over uh, underlooked. Uh, yeah, it's unbelievable. It, 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 did he just stop eating acai? I mean, I, does, did he really break it down? Like, what, what, what was it? Uh, yeah. I mean, uh, yeah, that's I a tremendous diet. sacrifice if that's what he did. Yeah, it is. It is. It is. Uh, I was, I was so bummed out when I found out it's not that nutritious. 
was like, I was like, oh, it's like kind of healthy. Absurd almost. <laughs> yeah. I was like, this is healthy. Like, no. Like, oh, man. oh man. So it's berries. It has to be healthy. <laughs> Should we take uh, one? We'll take one more. One more. Here we go. Ooh. Oh, oh there's three question. undefeated fighters on the card. I love that. Will any of them lose their zero? Uh, Yasmin mm. Hadagi, Azamat Mirzakhanov, and, and, Josh, Quinlan. Josh, Quinlan. and Josh Quinlan. Will any of them lose their interesting? Who's the second zero? Mirzakhanov and, uh, oh, and, 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 and Hadagi. Hadagi. Will any of them lose I'll their say, zero? I don't I'll think so, Josh. actually. I'll say Josh Quinlan will just because, and the other reason I'm saying this is, this I, this is his first UFC fight, right? Yep. This will be his debut. I believe so, yeah. Correct. Correct. Dude's been through a lot heading into this debut, right? Like everything that happened last week into this week, and you know, was he gonna fight on this card? Was he not gonna fight on this card? Was Andy Foster and the California Commission gonna get enough positivity from the Nevada Commission for them to go forward with this fight? I just think that's a lot for a 5-0 fighter to deal with heading into your UFC freaking debut. Uh, so give me Jason Witt, who's got a lot more experience in these types of crazy things to uh, to sneak one out. But I think the other two zeros will remain that way. Yeah, I, I think all three are going to end up keeping it. I think also, so, we, we have a What? We have a comment here that... oh. What? Gentleman says that a gin and tonic has more sugar than a rum and coke. Is that true? Rum that can't possibly really? be true. Gentlemen, the... Like a Coke had a Coca-Cola can't possibly have less sugar than a gin. I don't know. I'm blown away. I'm sorry. That was random. <laughs> wow. That's the see ponder the that. I, I have a that. I have a I have a quick question. I have a quick question. Uh we didn't one fight we didn't talk about. I get it, it's the prelim opener. You, you Yusuf Zalal, Yusuf Zalal dropping down to 135. He he started uh, he started off his career 3 0 in the UFC and he was like 23 years old or something, I think we debuted. He was like one of the hottest like featherweight prospects for a minute. And he's had some rough luck. Now he's three and three. So three and zero, then lost three. Now he's dropping down a division. Uh I don't know if you guys have any opinion on it, but like I, I if you guys think this guy could be a be a player, I mean he's dropping down to a, a, from one tough division to another. But do you guys still have? He's, he doesn't turn. He turns twenty six next month or soon. But very young guy. Do you guys still see like Yusuf Zalal as someone who could like you know have some sort of impact here? I always enjoyed watching him, and I just know, I know almost nothing about his his opponent other than he's got a pretty cool name. But. Uh, <laughs> So I can't really tell you. I mean, if, if his health, if his weight cut went well, I mean, um, talk to me Saturday evening. Yeah. Sleeper, sleeper. He's been I'm out for 14 back, months, though. so yeah, I'm excited he to see must him be back, doing though. it right. Yeah, I mean, yep. Yusuf's yep. a guy. I, I've talked to Yusuf a million times. It's been a while since I've actually talked to him. Mm-hmm. Um, but one of the things, I mean, this is a guy who fought Ilya Taporia as like a, like he he was supposed to fight on Fight Island, and then like Ilya Taporia make his UFC debut on like four days notice and everyone who like is a fan of MMA outside of the UFC, like knew how good Ilya Taporia was. And Yusuf Zalaz like, yeah, I'll fight him. I'll fight this dude. Like no big deal. I don't care how many days notice it is. And Ilya beats him. And like Ilya didn't finish him. Like Ilya went up to 155 and knocked Jai Herbert out unconscious at 155 and he couldn't finish Yusuf Zalal. <laughs> Yusuf's, Yusuf's, uh, 
a, a, a fun fighter. I didn't. I'm stunned he's going to 135. I think it's a really good move for him, but I didn't think it, you know from past conversations I've had with him, it didn't seem like it was even a possibility that he could get down because he's talked about it. And then he went on a three and zero run to start his career, and he's like, "Nah, man, I ain't going down to 145. Why the hell would I do that?" And now he he's used going to fight down a lightweight. Right? Used to be a lightweight, right? Mostly a featherweight. Like he's probably had fights at lightweight just because he's, a, he's an absolute gamer like that. Uh, but he's mostly a 45er. Um, he's 5'10 is a big bantamweight. Yeah, he's, he's tall. 5'10 is yeah. a big bantamweight, man. Yeah, that's this tough. is that's why I'm kind of stunned that he's that he's going to 135 because I just didn't think that frame would, would allow him to do it. But, I mean, maybe that's what he's been spending the last 14 months doing is going to the, to the PI and getting down to 135. So if he feels good and Devon Blackshear is a tough guy, guy's probably been waiting for a call for a little while, CFFC champ. Should be a good fight. I good good call, AK. Yeah, good call. Yeah, I, 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 show these boys some love. Show these boys some love. And I'm interested too because yeah, like those three losses at featherweight. I mean, okay, his three wins are against three, I think, fighters who are not in the UFC any longer. Uh, is Peter Barrett in the UFC any longer? I, I doubt it. No, no, no. Okay, yeah. Sorry. So his three wins are uh, against guys who are you know kind of came and went in the UFC. He didn't get demolished in his three losses. So no. I, I, I mean, he just, no. he just lost to, I don't remember the Woodson fight really at all. I know the Woodson's probably the tallest featherweight maybe. Yeah. Um, so I don't, I don't, I, don't, I can't, my, I can't really remember anything from that fight, but um, yeah, but I don't, I don't, I don't remember him looking horrible or just getting I mean, demolished. Just, he just, yeah, sorry. No, just his dimensions with this division. Like he has a 75 inch reach. Like if you yeah. look at Sean O'Malley, like Sean, I think Sean has like 72 inch reach. Like dude's going to be incredibly yeah. long for this division. If he's able to do it in a healthy way and not uh, be a little too water deprived for his brain, you know? Yeah. I was, I wonder if it was his choice or the UFC kind of requested that he do it because you know, three losses, you know, he, he could have got cut, but the UFC is giving an, is it giving him another chance to kind of prove himself? So, um, but he's, but he's entered an even tougher division. It's not like when you're That's a 45er, like, yeah. what are you going to do? Go to 55? Oh, that division sucks. Go to 35? Oh, that division really sucks, and I'm really hungry. So, yeah, what are you going to do? <laughs> Good for him. We'll see what happens. You get the music. And we'll be back again tomorrow, friends. 3.30 Eastern for the People's Pre-Fight Show as we get you ready for UFC San Diego. Should be a lot of fun. So. That early tar- start time is just music to my ears, baby. I like it's that. So it's so nice. It's so nice. Oh, I forgot our Such poll. Quick. I had a poll. A poll. Oh. I'm sorry. I forgot. Oh, oh, oh my God. Oh, my God. I'm sorry, guys. Sorry. You only have one job, AK. You got one job. I forgot. I had a poll running this whole time. Uh, 54% say uh, Cheeto Barra will win the UFC San Diego main event. So, oh, almost a coin toss. Really oh, only 54%. Wow. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. There you go. There we go. Faith in Dominic Cruz. That's good. All right. Well, we'll see how it all plays out tomorrow. Until then, for AK, Casey, Shaheen Alshadi, I am Mike Hack. Thank you for watching. We'll see you tomorrow, everybody. We love you guys. You're listening to the Vox Media Podcast Network. Hey, this is Scott Galloway, author, professor, entrepreneur, and most importantly, host of the Prop G Podcast. we got a special series running on right now called The Future of Work, where I answer all your questions on, surprise, The Future of Work. 
questions including what are we missing when we work remotely or how do we handle work-life balance when a major opportunity comes knocking. From the provocative to the technical, we're offering insights you won't want to miss. So tune in to the future of work, a PropG Pod special sponsored by Canva. You can find it on the PropG Pod wherever you get your podcasts. 